The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. So we've been walking through here at Axe kind of a series of um, the, the basics of Axe. And I'm probably going to get this wrong, but we're going to try. Adventure, community, transformation. I was going to say Thanksgiving, so I goofed that one. Um, and today is sending. So we're going to start off uh, with a video um, from Phil and Gwen Holy talking about sending. So um, I think uh, we, were, we were comfortable here in Austin in 1989, and uh, God uh, sent us to St. Louis, and I remember us talking about Abraham, he sent us out not knowing where we were going, we didn't know what we were doing, got up there and things didn't turn out well for us in St. Louis, and, but you know, God had a plan, He had a plan for us to stay there for almost 18 years and to do amazing things with my production company and, and uh, that's all now in the past and, and, and in 2007 uh, there was that voice again saying I think you should go back to Texas and so we did. A long time ago I got involved in uh, producing a, an evangelism program called Dialogue Evangelism. Leroy Biesenthal was the preacher, and I produced these series of videos. It was all about the Kennedy approach, where you approach people and you ask them these questions, and you tell them your story and their story, and all it's all just scientifically figured out how to bring about a conversion. And I hated that idea. I was I am not an extrovert. She's an extrovert. I am an introvert. And um, later, at, at when we were members of St. Paul in Austin, I got appointed to the evangelism committee. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding. The worst person to do evangelism is me. Um, I think what I found, and I think maybe everybody can find this, is the one thing that they can talk about naturally in any situation to any person. And I found that for me, that's film. And I don't have to... to, to articulate the gospel story very clearly because they are seeing it already in film. I just help reveal that to them. At Concordia University I had an opportunity to reach students who, believe it or not, are not Christian. We have students there that are struggling just like anyone else in our neighborhood. And I created the cinnamon religion class with Dr. Humans, who's at X Lakeway but they take the, the sentiment religion class where they can finally start to get this understanding of the culture stories, the narratives, and put it in the context of, well, where do I fit into all these stories? Is there a divine being that has me in mind? You know, those are some of the things that we get to, to deal with. And so anyway, and, and setting this out apart for the students, I said, why don't we open this up to the public and we can have people who come who would never come to church who will walk in the movie theater anytime to see a movie and these are popular movies these aren't the classic traditional Christian movies that no one sees in the movie theater these are the great movies that we all know 
And uh, they'll come to those movies, and they'll sit for 30 minutes and listen to the discussion. And it's just unbelievable the feedback we get from the public on, on this stuff. They just can't wait for the next series to start. So That's awesome. That's my way of doing it. So everybody needs their own little niche that's who they are that is an opportunity. Maybe it's soccer. You know, maybe it's playing the bass. Whatever it is, it's music, right? You could talk about lyrics and music all day long because there's always way to, to, to see God's hand in, in all those things that we're passionate about. You know, that's God's calling sometimes. It's just you look back and say, God, you have a real sense of humor. But you can see that it was planned. You know, this is not just something that happened. I think when I was growing up, it was more about inviting people to church. Um, not so much sharing your personal faith with them. But I grew up in a Christian community, so Scent didn't have a, a, the meaning that it has now. Moving into a new neighborhood is another, I mean, when we moved in here, getting to know people right away that first week was an amazing foot in the door. Not because we were going to give at that point. We thought, oh, we'll, you know, see who's around us. It wasn't about, you know, how are we different? It was just, I want to know who's around us. <clears throat> when we lived in St. Louis, that the women's ministry and the, um, like children's min children's music ministry was my professional ministry, but it was the conversations with the moms or the women's Bible study that God started bearing, showing bearing fruit through, and um, that that's kind of where I realized that it wasn't about the program, but it was about the relationships and and how you walk alongside people and not necessarily direct them or tell them what's right or wrong but you know you point them to Jesus you know and you point them to God's word and and you stay with them um, we, we have tried and we have not always been very successful at, at being sent in our neighborhoods and I want to encourage everyone to do that but I, I would admit that we're not always successful at that but uh, the, the whole point is that the, the movie theater gives us a chance to be in our neighborhood. There's a, a website, kind of like Facebook, called Next Door Neighbor. And I got on that, I started posting about cinema and religion, and, and we've had neighbors here. Who you didn't even know before? Who we didn't know before come to the movie theater. And we've continued to have ongoing discussions about those things. Uh, but, but I think really when it comes down to it is that you really need, uh, that I encourage ourselves and others, is to listen and love and not always try to judge people because as Kenneth Burke says, if you judge people, you invite yourself to solve their problems. And, and we can't solve their problems. We can only offer them up to God. I think that's where the, the shift in being sent happened, is that it was no longer about inviting people to worship to my church. It was about um, figuring them here. Well, it was about figuring out how to love them and accept them and not judge them 
even if they were different than you. And um, I think that it's the relationship, what we keep hearing, relationship, relationship is what everything is about. And, and it is, and sometimes that's just doing things that you wouldn't normally do just to ha spend time together. Well, it, it, it's physical and actual, concrete, but think about this metaphorically. In this neighborhood, the builder built a lot of large porches, and which invites people to spend time in their front yards. Mm -hmm. And so metaphorically, get out of your backyard. Mm. Hang out in the front yard. Just bump the mic. Um, I wish I could say that we paid uh, Phil to just lead in with that all that narrative and story stuff, um, because basically that explains why we named ourselves Narrative Church. Um, but he wasn't on our payroll. He did that just all on his own, so it was great. Um, let's pray real quick, and we'll get into our message. Lord, let us hear your word this day. Open our hearts to hear what you're speaking to us so that we can grow in our knowledge and love for you, that we can take your message into this world that desperately needs it. Pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, as we talk about sending, about being sent, uh, real quick, I want to do an introduction of who we are as a church, who I am as a pastor. Um, so Tanner, introduce us. My name's Ted Daring. I grew up in uh, Northeast Houston area. My wife is from Liberty Hill, right around here. Uh, probably about uh, when I was a freshman um, to junior in, in college, I really started feeling kind of, I knew I was going to be a pastor, and I started feeling kind of tugged towards church planting. Um, I had never been a part of a church plant, but I had a lot of friends who were. And it really, uh, God, I felt, had placed kind of that calling on, on my heart. And then I married Chelsea, and she had a heart for it as well. And so we're looking at like 10 years kind of coming to fruition in October. Uh, so I rotate between like crying myself to sleep and being really excited about it, um, just kind of depending on the night and what's happening. But when we decided to name our church Narrative, we went through a ton of other names. I had a whiteboard in my office. Our, our mother church, our planting, sending congregation is Faith Lutheran Church up in Georgetown. And uh, they let me office out of there. And I had this big whiteboard, and any name could go on the whiteboard. Anyone could walk in and just write a name on the whiteboard because we were brainstorming. It was like, nothing is bad. Uh, we had a group that was helping. They had a Sunday school meeting, and I had this great office because it used to be actually a Sunday school classroom. They'd run out of office space, and so they kind of built me a, a, an office in this Sunday school classroom, so it was huge. First thing I did was call my dad, who's also a pastor, and go, hey, guess who has a bigger office than you? Um, and then my wife quickly leaned in and goes, yeah, and guess who's losing it real fast? Um, but so, had this whiteboard, and one night, um, one of our children's ministry people said, hey, we're looking for a room to do a, a meeting in for Sunday school. Can we use your office? I was like, yeah, no problem. Just drag some tables and chairs in. That's great. Well, I come back the next day, and here's a list of names that they must have just spent like 15 minutes at the start of their meeting just coming up with ridiculous... I mean, we had TED Talks was one of the names on there. 
um, a couple other things, but th- this guy, Jonathan, who's um, one of our staff people who runs children's ministry, uh, he kept ducking his head in my office and going, well, what about the story? Because I said, we're not doing the story. There are a lot of story churches out there. That's, that's just not what we're going to go for right now. But he just kept doing it. And I was sitting there one day, like, banging my head against the desk, going, we have to name this church. Because the thing they don't teach you at seminary is how to name a church. Because, like, most times you're walking in and the church is there and named and ready to go. But we realize narrative and our vision is disciples living the story of Jesus. Because it's easy to look at people and say, listen, God's telling a story. He has been since the beginning, and he's inviting you into it. And so as we named ourselves, we named ourselves with this understanding of being sent because it's really exciting because the first question everyone asks is, why narrative? And it is just a foot in the door to share the gospel with people and say, well, because Jesus tells this story and we get to be a part of it. And so today as we talk about sending, what we have to remember is this is a key part of that narrative, of that story that we see in Scripture is that God's people are sent out. Now, this, this seems a little um, strange, but it's God's people are always sent out. If you look in the Old Testament, we see that God actually tells his people, I want you to be a light to the nations. That even in the Old people, or even in the Old Testament, God's people are sent out to be his light in the world. So if you open your Bibles, and we're going to take a look at this John 19 passage or John 20 passage, Um, especially right now, I want to look at uh, focusing in on uh, verse 21. So the the backstory, what's happening here, Jesus has died and risen again. The disciples have not yet seen him, but they're in hiding because they're afraid that their, their rabbi, their master, has just been put to death, and they figure they're next in line. So they're in hiding, hidden away, because they're scared. And Jesus walks in and said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. The first thing Jesus said to his disciples is peace. Because if you've seen someone who's just died, and then they walk into the room, I'm freaking out a little. And so Jesus' first breath to them is peace. Let me give you this peace that you're going to need. Because then he follows up not only showing up and being alive with saying, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now we can kind of breeze over that because it's kind of poetic. It's got kind of this good rhythm and feel to it. Okay, I've been warned of some structural integrity issues here, so there we go. That's the spot. Um, But so we have this moment of Jesus saying that. But if we break it down and look at it, He says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The Father has been planning on sending him since the beginning of time. As soon as the fall happens that God knew was coming, he had Jesus ready and in place. So when Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you, he is telling them the plan that God had in place for me, he also had for you, and I'm sending you out. And the big thing here that we can walk into is saying we are sent with the authority of Christ. 
Because the Father has sent Jesus. Jesus sends us. And so when we are sent out, we are sent out as people with authority and with purpose. Because we see as Jesus speaks to the disciples, he's also speaking to us. And so that sending out with authority and purpose gives us backing for when we walk out into a world that is against us. We remember two gifts that Jesus has already given. First, peace. To say, peace be with you. This is going to be a scary thing. So first have my peace. The second thing is authority. To be sent out because as I have been sent, so now I am sending you. And the next thing we see him give is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That we're not alone. That he even breathes on them physically and gives this gift of the Holy Spirit, which now is passed down to us as followers of Christ. And so when we are sent out, we are given gifts of peace, of power and authority, and of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, as we go out... that can be a struggle. Because it's much easier to just stop and be and not have to go out. Or to look and see, well, look, when Jesus sends people, he sends them far away. You know, he sends Paul, Peter. You know, these guys go all over the known world at that point in time. But we remember is that every place they went, there are then churches that stay local. That even as the missionaries go out and around and the gospel spreads, they are the minority and a majority of people who are locally living out their faith. And so when we hear, I am being sent, oftentimes we confuse that with, I have to go to Zimbabwe. But when Jesus says, I am sending you, he's saying, you're already going places. You work somewhere, you go to school somewhere, you interact with your neighbors. I loved what Phil said there at the end. It's taking that back porch and living it out in the front yard. Because that's the piece where it's easy for us to kind of say, well, I'm not going far away, so I don't really need to be sent. So I'll just, I'll just stay here. I'll be safe here. But as we look at Scripture... There's something Jesus never promises to his people, and that's safety. There's refuge in him. There is grace and hope in him. But actually, when we read scripture, we see that oftentimes following Jesus can end badly. Just go ask John the Baptist. That guy followed what God told him to do. In fact, Jesus says, there is no greater man born to woman than John the Baptist and he gets beheaded because of his faithfulness. And so what we have to realize is there's not a promise of safety, but there's a promise of Jesus being with us. Because Jesus actually tells his disciples in another part, I think in Luke, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Earlier in John, he says, this world will give you trouble. He promises that the world will bring trouble. So being sent is not an issue of safety. 
And that's, I think, where we fall into our fear. Because this idea of Jesus sending us out with the gospel, with his good news, we have these sins that crop up against us. And the first one is fear. And the second one is owning it all ourselves. So in fear, we don't want to go out because what will people think of me? What if someone, you know, comes against me? Well, let me just waylay that for you. Jesus promises those things are going to happen. Like, that's coming. So you don't have to be afraid of it because it's, it's coming. Now, that's easy to say, I know. But Jesus promises that those things will happen. Now, the other issue that we fall into that our sinful nature draws us to is that when we're sent out to share the message, the message is about how good we do, not about how good Jesus is. Because you see, we're messengers, we're not the message. And so when Jesus said earlier, as the Father sent me, I am sending you, he didn't mean for you to be the person who is going to convert the world and go out and save five million people, and then it's all on your shoulders. He's saying, no, you're the messenger taking my message to the world. And so the sin we can fall into is owning that on ourselves and feeling that guilt when we're not doing it or feeling like people become a benchmark, that if I just save one more person, look at how good I am. Anytime you look at yourself and think, look at how good I am, just start repenting right there. Because that's a good moment to realize that the Spirit's probably convicting you of something that you need to repent of. Because you see, we will fail at this. Because our propensity as humans is to want safety or to want to do it ourselves. Our fallen nature pulls us away and says, no, don't go out. Stay safety. The backyard, most of the time, has fences. And that, that, keeps, that keeps out the riffraff. So you're good. But what we're called to do is be sent out as messengers. And what that means is what's not important is us. What's important is the message. And we see at the end of our scripture here, that message is the forgiveness of sins. Because I can tell you, in this world, there are people that are struggling with who they are, with their identity, and they are finding it in so many other things. And at the end of the day, I can't imagine what that's like when you can't sit back and say, my identity is buried in Christ and who he is. Because we're sent for the love of our neighbor not for ourselves. This isn't us growing and becoming greater and greater. This is about saying, I love my neighbors so much that I will follow the commands of Jesus to go out and share with them. And my guess is there are already opportunities in front of you. There are already people there. Because, like I mentioned earlier, when Jesus says this world will give you trouble, he finishes that with a promise and says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. In Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, it ends by Jesus saying, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Because being sent is not safe, but it is simple. 
It's stepping out and sharing the story of what Jesus has done in our lives with others and trusting that he is powerful enough to work in others' lives. We don't have to worry about how, <laughs> how we might mess up the thing, how things might fall apart, because we say, Lord, I trust that your promises hold true and not my words. That the depth is of what is happening is in your hands and not mine, so push me out. We do need times of refuge. We do need times of regeneration. That is why we come here together. We come to be the body of Christ together, to rejuvenate, to build each other up. But it is always with the purpose that we are sent out to preach the gospel to whoever will listen. And our hope there is that it's not our power. It's the power of what Jesus has already done working through us. Because the simple truth is that we as Christians are not built to exist in the harbor for safety. We are built to be sent out. But we are never out of the grip of Jesus and who he is and what he's done. So as we are sent out, we are sent out in the joy of who Christ is. Knowing that we probably won't have all the right words, we probably won't have all those things, that we go out sometimes knees buckling in fear, but trusting that the one who sends us is greater than the one who fights against us in the world. Because the world needs Jesus more than anything else. And so the encouragement is, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school, wherever you are, God has put people in front of you. Pray a simple prayer, Lord, show me who needs your word today. And then live in relationship that points back to Christ. And when you mess up, which I guarantee you we will all do, remember there is hope in Christ that we come to him and say, Lord, I messed this up royally. And he says, you are forgiven. Dust yourself off, I will send you out again. Because we're not sent as a perfect people, we are sent as his people. Let's pray. Lord, it's easy for us to see only the fear and the anxiety in front of us, or to feel the weight of salvation on our shoulders. We come to you today asking that you would take those things, those fears, those anxieties, that weight of salvation, and remind us that that is why Jesus has died for us, so that we can live in freedom and grace and gladly share your story with those around us. Lord, we are not ill-equipped. You have given us peace. You have given us our purpose and authority, and the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. Do not let our fear hold us back. Convict us to share your word where it is needed. 
Show us those people in our lives who need your message. Lord, we come to you now bringing those things during this week that we have struggled with. Missed opportunities for sharing the gospel. Lord, sins against our brothers, our sisters, our husbands, our wives, our family, our friends. We lay them at the feet of the cross. Know that in his work upon the cross and rising three days later, your sins are forgiven. You are given that gift of not only eternal life, but that burden is removed. So take that joy and share it with those around you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.